Hey, it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Being More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. Got it. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever the heck time of day it is here or wherever you are. (laughs) Welcome, Natalie. I'm so happy you're joining me today. And for anybody watching, I'm being joined today by my wonderful client, Natalie. How are you, Natalie? I'm okay. I wonder sometimes about the wonderful client bit here, but I'm good. Always wonderful and always a pleasure to see you. Uh, Thank you for joining me. For those watching, Natalie's going to share a little bit about her experience inside my ECET process today. So welcome and thanks, Natalie, for being so gracious about joining us. Um, Well, it's something that, I mean, when you asked, it was like, yes. And then, of course, you have to get over the initial fear of, oh, she wants to record this. you know what it's important so well yes and and you know I I always like to record um because I think it is important for people to see the people behind stories right and and to see the people behind the experiences it it really brings home that human connection but yet on the other hand I fully understand and accept that it's not always easy to get on camera and share some of these things um and so you know again as always there's never any pressure for video it's it's nice and it's it's helpful and I'm always so so grateful when clients agree to do video because it is so helpful um but I acknowledge and understand um how difficult it is and even the courage it takes, you know, it's not, it takes a lot of courage to, to, you know, say this is something that's been an issue for me and, and that I've been working on, you know, so no, thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I've been working a lot on pushing that comfort zone a little bit, like trying to get to that growth edge. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there have been so many things in my life that I haven't dared to do. Um, and so, um, this is relatively safe because it's with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm glad you feel that way. Um, and as I said, I'm glad you're here and I appreciate you doing this. So do you mind sharing a little bit, um, maybe about your, your sort of history and what brought you to me in the first place? Well, like a lot of people, um, I've had a lifelong weight mm. noticing. Let's put it weight noticing. noticing. Um, I was, uh, and, it, and it's little things that you notice and, and you don't notice them yourself until somebody else says something. Mm. But um, I remember um, moving to a new school and somebody said, who's the new chubby girl? You know, this was an elementary school. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and by the time I was, when I was a tween, I went to my first nutrition counseling because I was carrying weight. And um, I actually learned fairly quickly in my 20s or so that every time I tried something, you know, it was good for a while and then it stopped. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
and slowly over the years just kept adding a few here, adding a few, adding a few more, adding a few more. Um, left my work um, in a, with a not a retirement package, with a package. I'm not sure I'm retired. Um, and, uh, and had some time to go, okay, what have I been neglecting? Mm. Uh, and thought, okay, now I can really focus on this. And, uh, and I did Weight Watchers and lost some weight. Um, and then I plateaued and then I went, this is a waste of money and stopped. And all of a sudden within about three months, um, with that focus off, everything plus came back. Um, and it was like, (sighs) because I had sworn I wasn't going to do it. And this was the last time. And you say that this is the last Say it every time, (laughs) say it every time. Um, and, and you and I had connected through mm-hmm. an entrepreneur group and I was very interested in the type of thing you were doing and had done a little bit of, you know, uh, snooping, um, you know, did the website, looked curious and then went, oh, yeah, but it's money. And, yeah. and, but the more I learned, the more I was like, okay, none of the rest of this is working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, I had been doing some um, explorations about my critical voice and all that stuff. So it was all starting to come together. Right. And uh, so I sent off an email and got a very warm welcome and the rest is history. <laughs> And it's been a very lovely history because uh, we try to, you know, I, I try to make the weekly meeting and, and, uh, and it just really sets me. It's, it's sort of like a touchstone now, which I love. Mm, I love that too. I love that too. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what have you found has stood out the most for you since starting the process? with me since starting the the ECET process. What stood out the most about it? About the the process or me or the you know whole thing in general or any of it. You know what I'm trying to figure out which then my hesitation here is what stood out the most because there's so many wonderful things. Um, There's one of the things that struck me and, and has resonated with me is um, trying to find the right words here. Uh, so in, in meeting some of the other participants, there's a, a participant in particular who, um, who I love and she's young and she's fit. And, and to know that her obsession with weight or food consumption or whatever is similar to me. Um, And yet to look at her on the street, she's a runner and she's, you know, she's, she's a busy mom and she's looks like she's got it all together. And to recognize that she and I were having the exact same language around the exact same issues. It just looked a little different on the outside. 
that was, that struck me so much. Um, I love that you said that because that's one of my biggest purposes. I feel like um, with this work is to, to really shed light on the fact that this is a struggle that we are all in together, regardless of size, shape, age, or, or anything else, right. That we are all in it together. And, and it doesn't look the way we think it looks. Well, and the other thing that, that so many things, but one of the other things is, is I'm now more aware Mm -hmm. of the constant bombardment of the shoulds Mm. constant and how much of it is so completely below the surface that you're not even aware of it other than you know you could walk into a room and you look around the room and you immediately judge people based Mm. on they look and and that occurred to me early um, mm. and knew that type of judgment and so on, but, but it's perpetuated by everything. It's perpetuated yeah. by culture, by, by those wonderful advertisers who, who their sole purpose is to make money, not to make you healthier mm-hmm. um, and, and all of that stuff. And, and, and until you start paying attention to it, it's just accepted as this is the norm. Yeah. You know, um, and recognizing the messages that I got all through my life that made me not listen to me. I learned really, really, really early that this was not connected to this. And that this was the enemy to fight. And fix and that right? and that other people didn't understand when I said something about this. Um, and it didn't matter to them. Mm. You know, and it starts really, really early. It starts with even basic things like I have to go pee as a little girl, and it's like, well, you you gotta wait, or you just went, or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, um, and and so I learned really early not to listen. To what was going on yeah. um, and that carries through that carries mm-hmm. through to adulthood it carries through to you know like I I am was notorious at, at work for just like keep working keep working keep working yeah. um yeah I need to go to the bathroom but I gotta finish this first mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy um how what we train ourselves to do Mm. So yeah, so- one of the hardest parts for for most people in this process, as as I'm sure you'll attest, is is just learning to reconnect again, so that we can hear what our body is actually telling us, right? Because we we go through, we spend so much of our life going through life thinking I need somebody else to tell me what I'm supposed to do, be doing for my body. Absolutely, mm-hmm. everybody else is the expert because yes. older, wiser, been there, done that, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and so learning through your processes and through other things that I'm doing to start paying attention to what I know is scary as hell yes Uh, but 
really rewarding yeah, um, because, because it's because I am wise. I do know, um, but I've never trusted that I did. So mm. thank you for giving me some of that back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember something as simple I, when you first started. I, I remember asking you something about um, what do you want? I think I asked you just... I don't even remember what it was in reference to, but but I asked, what do you want? And the look on your face, it was like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> it was. It was like, what do you want? Like, you know, it's like, yeah. And I still have problems with that. I mean, you know. You're definitely getting better. Like, there's a huge improvement, though, I've yeah. noticed. Yeah. But but there's still a, a lot of that. And, and, mm -hmm. it, and, and some of it, I think, is very... Um, very cultural for us because because women in particular seem to push their wants aside mm -hmm. um, to look after other people um and so for someone to actually ask me what I want and mm -hmm. need, um and give me an option to have choice on what to do was like and it was there before mm -hmm. but I never recognized it yeah i worked from a place of fear of mm -hmm. all kinds of things so yeah as we all do most of us right go through yeah. life well, from and fear to recognize so that the the people who who i look around and i you know admire what they're doing mm -hmm. or how they present themselves or whatever and to learn that they've got the same insecurities that i do yeah is is strange to me because I've always had my insecurities and thought that they were around the weight yeah and they're deeper than that so so true so what were you hoping to get when you joined I had an inkling or an understanding that weight loss was in my head. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I, it, it was, it, it was, um, and it was, it was much deeper than the, you know, restrict or mm -hmm. add on or change or whatever. That there was, there was things that habits that I had um, that were emotionally driven mm -hmm. and and a lot of it was unconsciously emotionally driven you know like wandering into the kitchen and wondering why i was in the kitchen and then well okay i'm in the kitchen i'll have look for something to eat uh, <laughs> you know who among us hasn't done that a million so, times yeah and, and so the first <laughs> the first thing i mean and you helped me get down to some of that why are you wandering into the kitchen in the first place? Yeah. And, and you know, are you really hungry? Mm. You know, or are you bored or frustrated or whatever? Um, and asking those questions and paying attention. Yeah. That whole, like, you've helped me pay attention. Now, am I perfect at it? No. <laughs> but um but even noticing nobody is <laughs> no but even noticing um 
like okay so before we started talking i was talking about this the my my lunch my lunch was a a leftover piece of steak from last night um there was a leftover piece of steak from last night <laughs> i ate half my steak last night wow yeah um and because it was like yeah i'm I've had enough. Hmm. And I knew there was birthday cake coming. <laughs> <laughs> now I had a little more problem with that than the steak. But yeah, um, uh, yeah we had a friend over and we were celebrating her birthday. Nice. Um, and uh, so to, to not eat, like mm -hmm. actually stop has been huge for me because that whole clean your plate off yeah don't waste the food there's like a million stories and when you start identifying those stories then you look at it and go who told me that story and where's and, the truth and and why did they tell me that story yeah. what was their agenda mm -hmm. well in my mom's case it was she wanted to make sure that I ate the food because food is good for you. She didn't want to clean up the leftovers. Mm -hmm. She didn't want me to come back in an hour and say, I'm hungry. Yeah. She'd be busy doing, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. She, she didn't want those poor starving kids in another part of the world to not have food and me not eat the food that she prepared that she'd have to throw in the garbage, you know, <laughs> Yeah. you know the logic so, is spot on right yeah so so um so there's there's a million stories yeah and and the stories get so convoluted i love um i used to work at ctv and uh and we have a a piece that airs every night called the health file and it's like three stories a day well i laugh about that health file because you'd have coffee is good for you coffee is bad for you coffee yeah. is good for you and this coffee don't touch because it does that you know and and all of the stories that come out of the scientific community about health are all contradictory yeah it's like okay what? and it's, it's interesting like now that i'm out of it i'm I, I often describe coming out of that world as a bit like coming out of the matrix. You, you come out of it and it's like, you're, you go, how did I ever like think any of that was normal? <laughs> like we fully just, oh, coffee's good for me. Yay, I can drink it today. Tomorrow they say it's bad. Oh no, coffee's bad. I shouldn't drink it. Like, and we fully like buy into it all, right? Yeah. Um, well, that, you know, you get big name people doing stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, television shows and that sort of thing all surrounding this stuff and and well you know we've talked about that before and and the reality is that stuff is so pervasive because it gets attention mm -hmm. it's it's fear-based and it gets people's attention anytime you're promoting this idea that something may potentially cause you cause somebody harm you're invoking fear and you're getting people's attention, right? And the reality is the world of nutrition science, I've talked about this a number of times, 
is a complete shit show. Like, like it's a shit show of misinterpreted studies, really, really badly run studies, um, complete garbage studies. Yeah, studies with agendas. It is an absolute shit show of contradictions for those reasons, right? And so, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. <laughs> and we well, but we trust those those studies more than we trust ourselves and our bodies like right like we trust the headlines oh coffee's good for me today so i'm allowed that because the headline said so or oh no coffee's bad for me today because that headline said so and we fully completely trust that well because we're so disconnected from our own bodies that we don't even recognize it and the other thing that that really bothers me is there's a there's a, a, a culture of if you get sick, you've done something wrong. Healthism, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you've got cancer. Well, it must be because you didn't do or you did do or, you know. I. Yeah, that's the whole personal responsibility thing that that is. Yeah. And it's infuriating you know, because the reality is. I mean, diabetes happens all the time to everyone regardless of size yeah yeah um but the the reality is there like there are so many different factors and i've talked about this before too there are so many different factors that go into determining what our health ends up being right and the choices that we make for ourselves are only a small fraction like a just it's a small fraction there are so many other factors that go into determining the state of our health that, that are not within our control, but that's not profitable. Addressing those things would require massive systemic change. <laughs> and it's way easier and more profitable to promote this idea of personal responsibility. And then they make it a moral responsibility almost, right? Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, it's our moral obligation almost to make sure that we don't get unhealthy and and that's healthism and it's ridiculous and infuriating yeah yeah um so how is this process different than anything else you've done what were the differences you talked about some of them already but um anything we haven't talked about yet how it was different permission Mm, permission is the big one um that trying to un or decode all of the rules and so on and 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 to to stop saying that this food is bad or this food Mm. is or that sort of thing um it's uh, i've learned that um that amazing piece of dark chocolate truffle i can eat one and be satisfied but if i don't get it when i want it and i try to substitute it with like easter bunny chocolate i'll eat the whole freaking easter bunny chocolate because i'm looking for something else Mm -hmm. so if i have what i want in the first place then then you know then i'm satisfied all of these things that are marketed saying you know this is light because or less fat or or 
this is a vegan version of a hamburger. Like, I'm sorry, if I want a hamburger, I want a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want some substitute. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I want good, authentic, real food. Mm. And I can have good, authentic, real food. Like I can have Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Yeah. You know, it's wonderful. And when I have it, then I haven't deprived myself. I haven't played that game. Um, eliminating that game is so important where you go, yeah. oh, I'd be good. And then it's like, yeah, but I didn't get what I wanted. So, yeah, and then you always just end up eating more of the thing, right? When you don't end absolutely. up, when you don't have the thing you want in the first place, eventually you just end up compensating and end up overeating the thing, right? Yeah, so that that permission factor is huge. And, and, and that's a problem with, with our culture too, is that we look around to seek permission from everyone else instead yeah. of owning it. Um, and, and knowing that I can go, yeah, I can do that. Mm. Um, you know, I seeking permission. I've, I've, I work in art. Um, I, I use scribbles and, and you and I have seen some stuff. Like when I, when I, when I sit with you, I, I doodle, mm. <laughs> make myself my, my, my little notes about what I want to learn from the week and that sort of thing. And, um, but in art, people are afraid of not making it look right or not doing it right or whatever and I learned that piece before I learned your piece and so it was easier to learn your piece right because I didn't need permission to put paint on canvas or marker on paper I or I learned that I didn't need permission because I did. Because when you look at the blank piece of paper or the blank canvas, you go, what, am I what if I do it wrong? What if I do it wrong? And, and I love my process because we do it in layers. So it, whatever's underneath, it doesn't matter to mm. the upper layers. And then there's still that, is this going to look okay? Um, because you're still consumed with what other people think. Yeah. Um, but not seeking permission is so counterintuitive for me. Mm. Um, and that not seeking permission goes along with that, that needing to do everything right, that perfectionism. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was a big double whammy there. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah the permission thing was huge like I'm a grown woman I'm I've got gray hair the natural gray hair um there's wisdom with that yeah and I I don't need somebody telling me what to do even though I still look for that sometimes mm -hmm. Because I've spent a few decades living that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're so conditioned. Just a few decades. It, it, feels, 
to couple <laughs> and it feels safer. Oh, absolutely. Right? It feels safer to look for other people to tell us what to do, but it's not actually safer because it keeps us stuck in that little box of trying to perform, trying to measure up, always trying to, you know, and, and you can't really be you. You can't be connected to you. You can't be who you are. You can't be connected to your own needs, right? When you're trying to do everything you think you're supposed to do, or you're looking for other people to tell you what- And they don't have all the information. They don't have the information either. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, And they don't have the information about me, you know? Exactly. Look and tell me what to do, but they don't know how things work within my system or that stuff. So, you know, there may be very well-intentioned pieces of information there. Yeah. But uh, it won't always work. Yeah, exactly. Love it. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about how things are different for you now. What have you gotten so far from the process? How's life different now than when you started? What have your results been? Um, There's a couple things that are that, you know, that are really good examples that I can give you. One is... um, we had a conversation about how um, I was frustrated with all the meal making in my family. Mm. There are other people who are capable of making meals and they pitch in once in a while, but, but I found myself thinking about meal preparation all day, day in, day out. I get up in the morning going, okay, what do we have for supper? And it, that process had, and I, it took me a while to realize this, but that, that process of, of, you know, looking after that particular need in my family um, meant that I was thinking about food all day. Yeah. And if I'm thinking about if food is top of mind, then I'm wandering in the kitchen for other things or it's, it's top of mind. Um, and uh, we created this, little schedule. So for those of those of you out in the real world out there, um, I live in a household where my dad lives with me and two adult sons and my husband and a great big black dog named Luna, who, if you noticed a little while ago, the curtain parted, that was her. Um, (laughs) Sneaking in. Yeah. And uh, so there are a lot of very capable people in my household who know how to do this stuff. But because right now I'm home all the time, um, it was falling to me. Yeah. Um, but other members of, were home a lot too. And so um, so put my foot down and said, mm. and we did up a little schedule thing. And that small act like I, I, I realized like today was a good example today. Um, uh, the younger son, younger, he's 25. Um, younger son, uh, when we did up the list, he said he was, he, he was goaded into by friends of his to try to make like a, a roast beef dinner. Wow. Wow. Eh? Well, he didn't take the roast to the freezer last night. <laughs> after he was reminded to take the roast out of the freezer so accidentally on purpose he forgot i don't know i'm (laughs) I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt 
<laughs> yeah, I do that too often. I don't know. Um, so from the time I realized he didn't take the roast out till the time he was up and functioning and all that stuff, I was obsessing about what we were doing about supper. Yeah. Because I knew that that plan was not going to work. And uh, now he's got another plan. Okay. And, but there was a period of several hours in there where I was going, well, we've got this and this, this move thought of these years, you know, whatever. And, uh, and yet it wasn't my day mm. about that. And maybe I should have let things fall and have him deal with having the frozen roast come up with his own thing. Maybe. Um, but that on, on the days when it's set, it's in place and I don't have to worry about it. I can like sit out on the deck and, and read or work or paint or whatever and it's not in my head it's anywhere near my head as a matter of fact there's this wonderful delicious moment where it's like oh i wonder what's her supper which is which is kind of (laughs) cool and it it's it's sounds like it's it's something so sort of seemingly simple and and that would be something that sort of you know simple to figure out on your own right to, that that this is something that that everybody should kind of do but until you actually kind of you know until I asked the question like I, I think it was on a call one day where I asked the question what do you like what are your some what are some of your thoughts around food and you you realized in that moment that you were stuck thinking about food pretty much all day every day because you were you were the one making meals all the time so sort of sounds like this simple little shift that you've made, but it wasn't until we kind of started digging in a little bit into, or, or you know, you started looking at some of your patterns and some of the things that, um, you know, you were experiencing every day around your food habits that you, that you recognized even that this was such a weight on your shoulders, right? That this yeah. was such a- You have such a, such a gift for asking <laughs> not only the right question, Actually, it's a very annoying gift sometimes too. <laughs> but but you have a gift for not only asking the right question, but following up with second question, and then following it up with, what are we going to do about it? Mm. Yeah. And uh, and and there have been days when it's like, <sighs> shut up, Ronnie. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> Uh, follow through on this now but but it works it's Mm -hmm. so cool so the the other example I have so that was one example the other example I have is um is is the whole restaurant thing Mm. is recognizing when I went out after we had this conversation about how I like I just everything off the plate like that never goes bad like oh you enjoyed your meal did you because there's nothing on the plate uh when it goes back to the kitchen and and taking a moment to realize oh 
And, and so you and I brainstormed about what possible other things might happen. Yeah. So that, um, you know, as good as the food is, mm-hmm. and, and there are some amazing chefs out there that are making really good stuff, as good as it is, it loses that good, that good feeling mm-hmm. too much. Because afterwards, it's like, oh, oh, and how many times have people said, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that, but man, yeah. it's good. Um, so to, to not get to that point yeah. um, was really important. And so, and, and, and that's really hard to do when you have paid for someone else to make your meal. It's yeah. treat still for me to go out and eat. Um, I'm not in that millennial generation that's, you know, I, I've never used DoorDash in my life. I, you know, whatever. Me either, yeah. You know, so, um, so, so having really good stuff yeah. um, means a quality price. And so it's still a treat. So, so there's that sense of, I've got to eat my money's worth. Yeah. Um, but recognizing now that eating my money's worth could um, could include taking some of it home and eating it again. It might not be quite the same, um, but it was always clean the plate and and um, and restaurants that are sort of in between, you know, the, 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 the family type restaurants, mm-hmm. their selling point is plates with fries. Oh, the and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we all know that French fries reheated aren't great. They're terrible. No, they're, te- let's be real. They're terrible. <laughs> it's garbage. Yeah. So, so it's like, oh, these are really good fries. Yeah. So I'm to the point now where I'm leaving a lot of them. Um, <gasps> Or, How amazing is that? Or even better, um, I'm not ordering them after I check with my honey to see if he's ordering something with fries. <laughs> yeah. And all I need are one or two fries. It goes back to that, you know, that, that chocolate truffle thing, eh? Yeah. I just need the one or two fries to say, oh, I have the fries. These were good. Or, you know what? I'm glad I didn't order the fries because they're not as good as other fries I've had. And, um, and so just those one or two and, you know, so I'm curious because, and so here's the thing, right? If you're, if you're not somebody, and I mean, I don't even know if such a person exists because I feel like every person on the planet knows what it's like to sit down to a plate of French fries and feel like they can't stop eating them, right? But if such a person exists out there that has has had the skill in their life to be able to sit down and eat some French fries without walking or without eating them all, it's difficult to explain to that person what it feels like to be able to sit down to a plate of French fries or a plate of anything really, right? If you're somebody that hasn't felt like you've had any self-control around food, it's very difficult to express what it feels like to be able to stop eating mid-meal because you're you're full, right? Because so many of us know, like, just, just do not have that ability and eat to the point that we're sick. So I'm curious, because you're such a wonderful wordsmith, I'm curious if you have the vocabulary <laughs> to express 
what it feels like now to be able to step away from a plate. Like a lot of people describe it as quote, eating like a normal person. <laughs> That's how I used to feel, right? Like I'm eating like a normal person if I'm not eating myself sick. But but can you, do you have the vocabulary necessary to express what it feels like to be able to walk away from a plate that still has food on it without being, without being sick and legitimately just be done eating, right? Like it's not about willpower. It's not about discipline. It's not about self-control. It's just, I am legitimately done eating this, even though it tastes amazing. You know what? It's, You talk about me being a wordsmith. I'm going to think of. <laughs> I put you on the spot. That's my fault. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to think about. And, I, and, I, all, the first and I don't even expect that you'll be able to because it sounds like the silliest, simplest thing, right? But but it's so hard to express how incredible that feels. Yeah, the first word, like I'm struggling, and you know, the word amazing comes to mind. Yeah. And, and it's followed immediately by unbelievable. Yes. Because the two of them go together. It's like, this is a, this is a lifelong habit yeah. that has been broken. Yeah. And, and the other thing, it, normal isn't the word I would use. Um, it's, no, that's the word most people use. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost... It's almost like unfettered. It's like the, it's like the food doesn't have that power. Power that that you know that. Um, and, and it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, but when it does, it's like oh, it will eventually. By the way, we've talked about this before. The the yeah. more it ha the more it happens, it builds. Right, the success builds. It will eventually happen all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's this, there's a relief there. There's a sense that the mind games are not engaged. Mm. Um, and, and it's, it's like, there's, there's, there's no, there's no pressure. Mm. And the pressure comes from all kinds of places, you know, the clean your plate pay for what you you know there's it's it's just it's freedom mm, peace <laughs> yeah I remember yeah. And, I, and I've talked about this before I think the first time I did that with a bag of potato chips I remember I was on the couch with a bag of potato chips and I had eaten some of them and wrapped up the bag and put it back on the table I you know I and it was a small bag of potato chips, mind you. It wasn't even a big one. It was a small bag of potato chips. I'd eaten some, wrapped it up, put it back on the table. And I didn't even really realize I had done that. And I, I remember like a couple hours later, I happened to be walking past the table and I noticed the bag of potato chips still half full sitting on the table. And I kind of went, so that happened? <laughs> like, how did I do that? Never would have thought that was possible. And another time I remember I was eating a, uh, some potato chips and I was, I remember I was eating them one at a time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you could, like, it, it was the weirdest thing because I'm sitting there eating potato chips thinking, hey, I'm eating these one at a time, one at a time and I'm eating them slow. Like it didn't feel like that, like manic shoving them in my mouth kind of thing that I used to do with them. Did you and actually I, taste I, them? I was tasting them and I was enjoying them and, 
And that it might probably was the same day because the more you enjoy your food, the less you end up wanting of it, right? The, it, it's yeah. it's kind of this this weird thing where the more you actually taste and enjoy it, the faster you, you seem to get satisfied. But I remember those two events as events like you were talking about with the restaurant where you kind of just stop and go like, wait, did I just do that? Like, how is that possible? You know, when a few months or even years, like years earlier, you, you would never have expected that that would be possible for you. Well, and, and the funny thing is, is, is it, growing up and all through like the past decades, if we went to a restaurant, we had to have dessert. Yeah. And now? Don't have to. Oh, that looks good. Nah, nah, we'll have to come back and come to the restaurant just for dessert sometime. Oh, amazing. Because you're, you're satisfied, you're full. Mm. Uh, and, and you've given yourself permission to come back sometime if you want. Yeah. It's not like you're never going to get another chance. <laughs> when you start being good again. <laughs> No, so you know what that that toffee sticky pudding looked really really good I can't eat it right now I won't enjoy it right now mm. and uh I certainly you know it, it's just no we'll just wait and sometime we'll come back just for dessert my husband and I say that a lot and probably rarely even do I eh? the the power in that is is remarkable isn't it yeah cool it's really cool love it well this ended up being far longer than i expected i i asked you for a short little testimonial and i tied you into this in this whole big long conversation but i don't know about you but i loved it i've oh it was so much fun i'm yeah. uh, i'm noticing now if, if you see i'm a little tiny bit distracted it's because the adult son has returned one of the week's groceries so it's about to Ooh. get gotcha so that's another trick that happened during COVID he was the healthiest one of the bunch so we uh we sent him to to get groceries love and it. uh so that means I'm not in the grocery store love it I had a hard time in grocery stores because I would buy way too much because I, I used to be like that too I, I I hated grocery stores because every time I walked into the grocery store it was always the I know what I quote should be buying and I know what There's I want that to word. buy. Yeah, There's exactly. Should. So the minute you walk in the grocery store, from, from the minute you walk in, or actually, who am I kidding? Like, as I was driving to the grocery store, I'm negotiating with myself, right, about all the things that I'm not going to buy. Um, and, and so the grocery store used to be a nightmare for me and just to battle with myself through every single aisle. And um, that was another, I remember another day, um, you know, I'll, in, in my own process, there's all these moments throughout my, my journey that, that stick out to me. Another time, another one that sticks out to me was in the grocery store. Um, one of my favorite things used to be craft dinner. I would eat like an entire box of craft dinner for lunch back in the day if I was off track, right? And I remember one day in the grocery store, I'm, you know, walking past the aisle and I happened to catch the the craft dinner aisle and I looked down the aisle and and I thought to myself oh craft dinner would be good and I went nah, I don't need it and I walked away and I went whoa <laughs> how did that happen <laughs> I bet you'd be surprised if, if you were in a grocery store anytime anytime now I bet you'd be surprised that it's a completely different experience you're going to notice the same kind of shifts that you've noticed in the restaurants 
it won't be the fight that it used to be. I almost guarantee it. Well, and it's interesting because I know that uh, like the perimeter of the store, I love like all of mm-hmm. the fresh stuff and the stuff mm-hmm. that needs to be refrigerated and all that stuff. My trips down the center part of the store will now be looking for things like special sauces and that type of thing. It won't be looking mm-hmm. for all of that pre-made stuff. Yeah. It's, it'll be looking for little things to make things like, you know, special spices and special sauces. and Make things just, special. Just to make things. I, when we were on vacation last week and I had um, just this wonderful grilled haddock, very plain grilled haddock with the most delicious seafood sauce on top of it. And, and, and recognized that it was that little bite of sauce mm. that made everything just so, you know, you don't need all yeah. the bread and all of that stuff. Yeah. Love it. <gasps> yeah. So good. Well, and you and I could gab forever because oh I know we could be we literally could be here all afternoon. I, I'm I'm starting to think it might just be me because I've noticed that I've said that to pretty much everybody I've talked to lately. I feel like I could talk to you forever, and so maybe it's me. No, I have the same problem. <laughs> or um, last question before we finish up. Okay. You're t- imagine you're talking to somebody who is where you were before thinking about coming in and, and starting with me or or maybe they're new to my work and intrigued by it what would you say to them about it jump now <laughs> jump now I mean there's it's probably unlike anything you've tried mm-hmm. it's um there is no shame, no pressure, no um, sets of rules. It's, it's all about learning who you are and why you do the things you do, which is going to benefit you even beyond whatever you're dealing with with weight. Yeah. Yeah, it goes so much farther than just the food and the weight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's fun. <laughs> and 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 she'll catch you. Then <laughs> sometimes I'm not fun. <laughs> yeah. And I and I love the um um, the, the meetings we have with the with the other members of the group. I mean, it's such a supportive community uh, and and accessible and um, and we share stuff. We share our deepest, darkest secrets, and we share the stupidest memes that we've seen this week on Facebook or whatever. Um, you know, and and we've gone through changes, some of us together. You know, some people are moving, and some mm. people are downsizing, and some people are, you know, have got kids that are growing up, and all of that stuff. And and so you recognize that everybody has their own stories. But everybody's dealing with the same crap. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And it really is an incredible community. 
Um, it's just so welcoming and loving and fun. It's amazing. I always feel so blessed that I get to work with the women that I work with every week. You guys are the best. And you allow us to show up as we will because mm. you are modeling total acceptance and total being in the moment. I mean, for those of you who are out there, Ronnie has shown up with a bath towel in her hand before. <laughs> But how many times have you wanted to, to step in a Zoom meeting out of a shower with your hair up and you put off the shower because you know that, that it's not, people shouldn't show up on a Zoom meeting with their hair in a towel. But you know, I do, I do. I know, but, but that's, I, I, I don't say that to shame you or whatever. I say that because Ronnie's authentic. <laughs> she's absolutely authentic and Ronnie has been through her share of stuff which she mm -hmm. willingly shares mm -hmm. and um and, and she just her sense of presence is fantastic and uh and she encourages us even if you don't feel like it show up for the call you can turn your video off you can turn your microphone off you don't say a thing just show up and showing up is a gift that you give yourself. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it doesn't feel like that until you get there and then you go, yeah. And so, yeah. So jump, join us. Oh, I love that. Find a way oh. to do it. Find a way to do it because she's made a difference in my life. Thank you. And, and you've made one in mine. It is an absolute pleasure to get to spend time with you every week. I love it so much. Thank you, Natalie. Very oh, much. you're welcome, love. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.